What Should I Think About is a podcast with me, Celine, and my dad, Stephen, and we talk about burning issues in media, politics, and science. Okay. Hi, and welcome to... What's it called? This particular one. No, what, uh, what should I think about? Yeah, I uh, I forgot what it's called. Hello, welcome to What Should I Think About? And today, what should I think about inaccurate biopics? Mm. Such as? The Crown, obviously, uh, yeah. as everyone is discussing The Crown. Mm. Um, you've not actually seen The Crown, have you? I haven't. I've seen bits of it. Uh, you and Mum are watching it. And uh, so I do hear it a little bit because I'm sometimes in the other room doing some work on the computer. Yeah, we send Dad out. <laughs> So it's we can watch just the not my thing, really. But it's top, though. Yeah, apparently it's everybody. You know, says how well acted. Everyone and their mum loves the crown, mm, except yeah. dad, apparently. <laughs> Everyone and their mum, but not their dads. Yeah, yeah. it's okay. Um, I mean, I do remember some of the, the events now that are being portrayed in it. So um, I will I pop in why. every now and again and yeah. say, "Oh, I remember that." I think also that's why it's getting more talked about, mm. as in like what's okay. Because it's getting to that point now where it's in people's memory. It's kind of like, I guess, at what point does it become his, historic and therefore allowed to be discussed? Or you know. yeah, well, I think I think probably you know this what we wanted to talk about today was the you know this question around how accurate do these things need to be? And I guess at the moment with the crown, because we're now coming into this era where most people watching it will have some either direct memory of it. Or perhaps heard their parents talking about it. Yeah. Because um, even though Diana died when I was like one, mm. it's still, everyone knows about Diana. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty terrifying, isn't it? What, that everyone <laughs> that you were only one when Diana died. Oh, yeah. It doesn't seem like <laughs> I, I was ago. like, why, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I think people have a kind of investment in that time. You know, if you live through it, um, you have your own... Uh, take on what happened and therefore it's part of your own history as well as somebody else's history so people are going to feel a bit more protective towards it I think. Mm. You know what was interesting actually and we didn't even talk about this in the pre-talk side note we have a pre-talk before the talk talk Um, there was someone who watches The Crown one of the influencers and they were doing a little um, Instagram thing For for the daughters out there you'll understand for the dad's good luck I guess um, but anyway I was doing an Instagram story and um, he was saying is anyone is everyone watching a different crown to me because I feel like Diana also is portrayed with negative traits as mm. well and the things that she did or does wrong in the show but nobody's talking about that everyone's just like hating on Charles which is easy to do let's be <laughs> honest like I think there's been a resurgence of the um, like don't let Charles be king <laughs> thing but you know yeah so i don't think they they're not very keen are they the royal family they they don't really less so as the story progresses (laughs) becoming less and less keen i think Mm. um but yeah it's it's just interesting i think from what you're saying why i thought of that is that people yeah definitely diana's in memory and was the people's princess as she was dubbed so it's kind of like i think all that this does is just everyone sees the things that they remember and they're like yeah diana like she was so badly treated and they're like awful and like yeah 
yeah but i guess um what he was saying is i don't think the writers of the crown were trying to make just diana like this sort of angel of good they were trying to portray a crumbling relationship mm. um but obviously there's a lot attached to that from the people yeah i mean it, it did uh create such strong feelings in in people at the time um and i mean it's quite an interesting question as to you know we can talk about whether the crown and other biopics and historical films whether they get it right but in a way i think the difficulty with this one is that I'm not sure that we ever got it right. No. I'm not sure we ever really understood what was happening there. You know, so um, I obviously I do remember that. Um, and I remember the the stuff going on before the death of Diana with obviously with the, the separation and, yeah, you know, his relationship at the time. So I remember all that. I remember Diana dating and there being paparazzi everywhere taking photographs of of her all over the place and that being a a very difficult time for her and yeah and then I obviously I remember the the event itself where where she died and the way that the royal family really just didn't know how to handle that and and yeah they were at their least popular at that point the way that they didn't seem to show the emotion that 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 people expected Mm. that they would Mm. um and yeah, I think there was a lot of interesting clashes of culture and personality and clearly, you know, getting married into the royals is, is always going to be a weird experience. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know whether we, re- as, a, as a country and certainly around the world, I don't know that we really understood what was happening at the time and how we, that was interpreted. And so when it gets to be made as a as a film 20 years later 20 odd years later and i guess it's still going to be contested isn't it yeah i don't think we ever yeah came to a decision on what exactly happened and who did what wrong and so on and yeah. so on but i mean ultimately the filmmaker has their stance on it and then they write it and portray it in the way that they think hmm. tells the story they want to tell because i don't think well, like we said, it's a biopic. It's not a documentary. So, ultimately, they say they're telling stories about, or you, they're telling stories using these very interesting characters mm. because people are always interested in the royals, aren't they? It, they're an interesting sort of. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's all very strange to to people from other countries. I think to kind of work out the relationship that that the country has with their royal family so maybe it's a bit of that and you're seeing that but also yeah i guess it's the history of the crown that is yeah so the 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 podcast today is really not just about the crown is it we we kind of that that inspired us to talk about this this question because obviously it's it's around but this question of whether historical movies television um series that deal with historical events and of course biopics whether they should be accurate, how accurate should they be, and should we worry about them when they're not accurate? Um, so yeah. I think that's quite an interesting question. Um, yeah. And we we got a we went upstairs and had a look at our DVD mm-hmm. collection. We were quite surprised, weren't we? How many biopics we've got? I think actually. we like biopics. <laughs> we discovered, um, yeah. I think an interesting point from the sort of filmmaking 
side mm. of it and the crew and the cast is that their response to how accurate should it be or it should be more accurate or um, criticism on that front is, is, for instance, the person that played Diana and the person that played Charles was saying, you know, she's not impersonating Diana, mm. she's playing a character that is influenced by that, which is an interesting deflection, I suppose, because ultimately it is called The Crown and it is... You can't escape that that is what it is. Yeah, you see, I, I, I don't want to sound rude, but I honestly don't think that I care about their opinion mm. because they are always going to just be interested in playing a character. It's not really for them to decide how accurate it is. They're yeah. going to read the lines. They're going to act in the way that they think that character would act. But I think it's, it's more the writers and the filmmakers. Yeah, because they decide the, yeah. the arc of it. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I suppose because... The reason we hear their opinions a lot is because in the sort of roadshow of it, where mm. they go around doing all the interviews, they're the ones that you hear, aren't they? They of don't course. get the writer in the chair. No, but I think they're the least important in a way. As yeah. I say, not, no disrespect to them, because they're, they're, what their job is to play the character Bring using the lines that have been given to them. Mm. But I, I do think we have to ask questions about how... Um, accurate they should be and how much how many liberties can be taken Mm. and what effect that has on people's perceptions of history yeah um so we've got a few other topics maybe throw a few of them in as well yeah yeah so yeah um looking at our dvd collection we have quite a lot of black history yes it's very interesting we've got selma 12 years a slave 12 years a slave um we've got the james brown yeah. Story, which you can't see Black there. Black Klansman as well. Black Klansman, yeah. United Kingdom, which was about an interracial marriage. Yeah, that's right. We've got the King's Speech, mm-hmm. Sound of Music, Stan and Ollie. Mm. The Imitation Game mm. and Lion. Yeah, and, and others that we didn't and bring others. down. I think really. there's another pile behind you, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, Hidden Figures, one of my favourite films about... Mm. Uh, well, they were called computers, weren't they, um, uh, at NASA, um, black women. Darkest Hour with Churchill. Mm. Steve Jobs. Mm. Uh, the Long Walk to Freedom, or Long Walk to Freedom, the Mandela story. Mm-hmm. Um, Captain Phillips with Tom Hanks. So, yeah, there's a lot of um, a lot of stories there. And mm. just having a quick look online at the way that people describe them in terms of their accuracy, they're, they vary tremendously in terms of how accurate they are seen to be Mm. um do we care should we care i suppose in relation to let me have a quick flick so okay i'll start you off while you're doing that so one of the films that was a huge hit was the churchill um biopic darkest hour played by Gary Oldman, who, you know, partly I think because of his makeup and the fact that he didn't look anything like Churchill until he had his makeup on, was, it was just so arresting. And, of course, he, he played it like you'd expect Gary Oldman to play, brilliantly, because he is a brilliant actor. Um, but there are some bits in it that are just completely fabricated. There is a scene in there where he... I mean, it's kind of famously bad, that scene, where he goes into a uh, train on the underground station and basically asks the people there whether they should surrender to Hitler or not. 
um, and they all kind of say, oh, yes, governor, you know, keep fighting. Mm. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. Um, I don't. I honestly don't know how that scene got in. I'm sorry if you like that scene, but it's just so unbelievably ridiculous. Yeah. And, of course, it never happened. No, I think they do a few of those sorts of things with Churchill, though, because yeah. it's kind of this, like... He was very good at speeches, to be fair. He was a good orator. Yeah. Um but in in the crown obviously churchill features heavily mm. in seasons 1 and a bit of 2 and he's um you know he's a he's a main part really yeah and um there's a whole thing about him going to the hospital during that period of smog when the queen had really just come to mm. um just come to ascension and um he gives a speech there and i believe he did give a speech there but the kind of reason they say is because you know, found out that his secretary had died because of the smog. That she'd been hit by a bus because it was honestly that thick you couldn't see. And um, he goes and he looks at her, and then he says to his sort of private secretary, "Secretary, is there press here?" And he says, "No, but it can be arranged." And then he gives a speech because he's been sort of warmed to give this speech and to do a 180 on his opinion of the smog and and you know that's what changes the public opinion on him and it all turns back around and it's perfect and good again and suppose it's that fear of oversimplification so like what you've just said with this going in and being like should we surrender to the nazis <laughs> you know um, but that never happened did it no but neither what did you've venetia. just described yeah yeah, yeah. venetia never yeah, yeah and venetia never you didn't say that bit. Oh, did I not? <laughs> no. But it's not real. Venetia mm. isn't a real person. This woman that died and mm. moved him to the point of doing a 180 on the smog didn't yeah. happen. So I suppose what you lose is the real reason that he did a 180 on the smog. Why did he change his mind? I don't know. Mm. Did he go to the hospital and just saw general people and felt bad? Yeah. But that's not as moving for a film. Yeah. But it could be. But I don't know if that is what happened. I don't know. Yeah. I, I guess... Um... I guess what what the justification for these sorts of things is that the event may not have happened, but it's a kind of uh, a, a grouping together of lots of events or a feeling, a zeitgeist or something at the time that is reproduced. So while it's not true in the in the purest sense, it's true in the sense that um, this is the way that people were feeling and it just needs a scene yeah. to kind of make sense of all of that. Yeah. And of course, I do have some sympathy for that if that's what they're doing. Yeah. Um, I think where I do worry is that there's there's scenes that are fabricated that make you think a certain way about a character mm. because it suits the narrative that they're trying yeah. to And it can be sell. dangerous with Churchill now yeah. that we kind of know. I mean... It's uh, the problematic but old thing again, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. You know, he's from the past. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I suppose, you know, from the film that you watched, Darkest Hour, and, and The Crown that I've watched, you you don't touch on that. Mm. Um, but that's not really the point of the film, is it? Um, and if you wanted to watch a documentary that went through all of the warts and all, you'd watch a Churchill documentary, and I'm sure you'll be able to get that information. But... Yeah, I suppose so. And, and I guess the thing is, is these these uh, uh, biopics and, uh, and based on true event stories come from different places. So mm. some of them, like the um, the Walk to Freedom or Long Walk to Freedom, the Mandela story, is based upon his his book, apparently, his, his own autobiography. Therefore, you're going to get 
quite an accurate picture of how he saw his life. Yeah. And of course, there's some dangers there because if you write your own story, then you're going to perhaps leave out some of the things that you didn't like so much about yourself yeah. or you're going to justify things you did or didn't do. Mm. So there's always room for criticism. And I, I don't want to, I don't think they should be literally like documentaries, but I, I do worry a little bit about the effect that some quite skewed uh, biopics and and these sorts of films can can have on on mm. the general public's yeah. opinions about what happened. Yeah. We didn't bring this one down actually, but we've got another one. Is it what's it called? The one that was about is it just Mary Queen of Scots? It was yeah, just called that. I think so. Yeah, they start. Um, there was a bit of criticism about that one in the sense that um, they make Elizabeth look mental halfway <laughs> through the film, and people were like. Right, just low key, just to point it out, she didn't actually look like that. Like, yeah, she started wearing powdered makeup because mm. of her scarring from mm. pox, but they make her look like something out of like, what's his name? That horrible director um, that does all the creepy stuff. All right. Oh, you know, um, know, he did like the Alice in Wonderland film. Oh, Burton. Burton. She mm. looks like something out of a Burton film halfway through, and it just gets <laughs> gradually worse. Like she's got, she does look like the Queen of Hearts from mm. Alice in Wonderland. Mm. It's just like lads. <laughs> um, yeah. So you you can sometimes maybe take it too far. I think it, it's because a, a story, a film, has a set of um, kind of story arcs and, and narrative structure that that we're so used to now that we expect in a film so you kind of you're looking for the 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 part of the story where the person you know has that change in their uh their situation and how they overcome that change and they grow throughout the story there's normally a baddie isn't there there's yeah, normally yeah. a goodie and and it's kind of this and it's almost like well we've got to have those elements because that's what storytelling is so even if even if that's not there in the actual account, well, we're just going to have to damn well make it up because that's what the story yeah, needs. Yeah. And I worry about that. I think it's interesting in The Crown because it, they change who's kind of the baddie, I suppose. Yeah. Because sometimes I think the Queen's even the baddie in her own story because watching the unfolding of the Diana-Charles relationship, you're like, why why do you persist in making this horrible thing continue as the like the last shot of the series hold your ears if you don't want to be spoiled but i don't know why you're here if, you, if so but um you know the last shot of season four is like diana standing for the group picture just tears mm. coming down because she feels trapped in this marriage because she's not everyone's telling her you know the 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 senior royals are telling her she can't leave and um the Queen's basically gave a dressing down to Charles saying you're both privileged young people that need to just get over it as <laughs> they're both just crying and you're like, oh. Um, and then sometimes, yeah, it's Churchill when he's, you know, re- refusing to give up power as the first series is very much like old people refusing to give up power. Um, mm. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. Mm, history repeating itself. Um, yeah. Yes, I know. Yeah. But it's like, so I think that's interesting that they, they do allow those things to change but i think they do still have those elements so yeah the thing is history is is always contested isn't it so Mm. even historians disagree with each other about exactly what happened Mm -hmm. because it's all about trying to piece together 
certain events that then create a narrative yeah. or create a thread. It's very difficult. And, and even your own life, if you look back on your own life and you were to make a, a, um, a film or write a book about that, you know, what you choose to put in it and what you choose to leave out will have a big yeah. impact on the way that you come out of yeah. that, won't it? It's amazing what you forget and what you remember because mm. Maria will remember things, my best friend from that I've had since forever, um, will remember things that I don't and vice versa. Yeah. It's like, well, why do you remember that? Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. Why do I remember that, like, after there'd been a big argument, me and you, and sat outside E-block eating prawn cocktail crisps? I don't know, <laughs> but I do, Maria. <laughs> <laughs> like, um just just sometimes certain things stick and others don't that's right and and when you've got public um figures mm. then a lot of that is driven by politics and by you know what's interesting at the time um there's a salacious element as well well i think that was fantastic for the <laughs> paps because the paparazzi because they've been thinking it for a long time yeah. as i think um they say in the crown of lies the worst kept secret and yes i think even princess anne's character in the crown there's kind of a bit of a snidey joke that the whole of gloucestershire is helping to contrive this relationship between charles and camilla so it was quite known i think mm. they just didn't have enough information to put it into papers but then squidgy go and they really had the stuff then but there was other things going on as well i don't yeah. know did you did they show you the um prince andrew stuff like with his uh and uh the duchess of york fergie they've just the got married stuff. Oh, they've just got <laughs> married but i don't even know about that yeah because their their marriage um obviously falls Absolutely apart like mania there's paparazzi that, that take photographs of her and some other guy who's sucking her toes or something it was pretty disgusting you know what I've got to say though it's like just leave them alone though because like what where were they like well how did they find them oh I mean at the time uh, I think it's it's less bad than it was and I think um, this is the reason why the princes um, William and Harry have been so um, against the press yeah so so against the press because it was it was a crazy, crazy time, and it would literally be. I mean, we had all the, the stories of of uh, you know celebrities being chased and mm. and all of that when when we had some of the scandals around phone tapping and so on. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, it feels like it, it kind of got out of control. So I think that's that's what was happening. But yeah. you know, people buy the papers, don't no, they? And, and there's obviously an audience for but it. But I suppose that's what makes it interesting in terms of biopics. So there's obviously mm. like a really hungry audience yeah. for it. Yeah. And maybe that's why they take it so like, oh, it's true, because they're so used to papers just putting out pictures without really any information and being like, This is what's happening. Yeah. Like, you know, is the truth. We found it. Um so then when you watch something of like really high quality like the crown you're just like oh the story continued fantastically acted clearly it's brilliantly written um i I guess i i worry not just about the crown but i worry about things that are supposed to be history because that is where people get their opinions from Mm. and that's where they think that's where they build up their their picture of, of what history was i mean i remember that from my own um, experience of watching films so I remember watching films about Oliver Cromwell and things like that when I was a kid so now if anybody says to me you know what about this character or that character I straight away in my imagination go that. to that that scene that I remember seeing mm-hmm. 
Now, whether that scene happens or not, I've no idea. And it's even harder, obviously, going back to times when there wasn't mm. the media that there is now. So you really are just going through some written and spoken about um, stories. But it's very, very difficult to get that out of your head if that's what you've seen. It's such a powerful medium that I think um, you have to be kind of careful to make sure that what you're saying actually has some... Either it actually happened, it's... Um, it's even if it didn't literally happen that it it signifies or it it, it builds a narrative around something that had some truth to it mm. i would say yes in contrast of that um there was um in the crown the episode where there's a letter from lord mountbatten which is um the prince consort prince philip's uncle yeah. writes a letter to charles basically condemning his um affair with camilla and you know, subsequently dies in an IRA attack. Mm. And, you know, there's been some conversations about that saying, you know, is that a step too far? Because mm. it's a completely fictitious letter yeah. condemning, you know, a real person's actions. And it's one, of, it's his favourite uncle, basically. Yeah. You know, it's someone that was really close to him, was very fatherly to him, took him under his wing, and mm. um, has condemned his behaviour through this television program i mean that must be there's the question of what that does to the people it's about but also what that does to the people watching it yeah so that must um it's one thing to watch something framed by filmmakers with their opinion it's another thing once you get stuck into the story because it's very believable Mm. very well done i mean is it charles dance is that his name yeah yeah charles dance he's amazing so Mm. his delivery of it i mean kind of forget that it's not real I, I mean until someone said that that's not real i just presumed that they'd found a letter in an archive or something yeah so i suppose that's the danger what you've just said until yeah it was brought up on a morning program that that letter wasn't real i thought it was mm. something that had been found yeah exactly um interesting about you mentioned charles dance because he's also in the imitation game indeed he is um and he's that's so good though. that's the story <laughs> of alan turing and his work on the uh cracking the enigma mm. code the the coding machine that the the nazis had during the second world war um and again you look at the criticisms of that i mean that that conversation with the charles dance character with turing is is right at the beginning um he says i don't speak german and um i you know it, it basically he comes across as this kind of very strange fairly unlikable figure they both come across quite yeah. unlikable but apparently that conversation there's no kind of evidence that, that happened yeah. i think the relatives of the um the character don't particularly like that because it makes him come across looking pompous and unfriendly yeah. and and they kind of some people had an issue with them playing up that he's kind of an, somewhat he seems like an autistic character right. but there's no evidence that he actually no. was no he plays a much more um distant difficult character than people said he was so the people that knew alan turing actually said he was very friendly and actually quite a likable person yeah um i guess he was you know he had his moments clearly he had some um problems because he ended up taking his own life but yeah but and 
the, this, you know, the fact that he was gay in a in a world where well, it was still illegal. Chemically to be castrated, gay. Yeah. wasn't he? And that's why they think that he. You don't yeah. need to um, make that into something that it's not. That is actually what happened, and that's for me. That's that's strong yeah. enough, isn't it? Yeah, it might have hit harder if he had been, you know, portrayed as people say he actually was. Yeah. To and then his end to be so awful. Yeah. Mm. Um. You know, what I mean. Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's interesting, and you know, there's there's a lot of these. What I found there's a, a quite an interesting website. Actually, it's the Independence website on the, um, the internet, which looks at a lot of these films and gives mm. it a percentage rating of how many of the scenes actually happened. Yeah. So that's quite an interesting way mm. of looking at it, and some of them are very high. For instance, the Selma. Yeah. Uh, film about the Martin Luther King story, yeah. very high in yeah. terms of what actually in terms happened. of fidelity. Because mm. I remember studying that actually, because okay. I did American history mm. for my A levels, and I did remember thinking, oh, that's really accurate. Like yeah. you could actually watch that. You know, if uh, here's an example: if you're doing a history class at school, mm. could you watch it, mm. or would you have to preface it and be like? This isn't history. Could you mm. watch it in history or would you watch it in yes. media class? Yeah, yeah. There you go. Pick which class that you watch this film I suppose in. suppose that is it, isn't it? Which yeah. class would you watch this in? I yeah. think you could watch Selma in history class. Mm. Um, but the, So the thing that I think is if that's the case, if we're looking at, I think it's in the high 80% of all of that film, the scenes actually happened. Of course there has to be some artistic license you don't literally see every single no. conversation so you have to make some stuff up but if that can be 80 odd percent and it's such a powerful film even without the greatest speech that he ever gave or the one that's most well known because yeah. they couldn't they weren't allowed to no. do that one even without that it can be such a powerful film why do we need to have films that are only 50 odd percent accurate can't we can't we tell the story accurately um without embellishing things yeah. unnecessarily. I wonder if it's something to do with the length of time you're trying to cover. So Selma's good because it specifically covers a particular time and yeah. a particular event. Mm. Whereas I imagine if you do a film just on Luther King generally, maybe it starts to show more inaccuracies because a whole life is so much harder to I depict so. accurately mm. than a particular event and portion of time. Like, for instance, even with in Imitation Game... Um, that actually does cover quite a large period of time, doesn't it? Like, mm. like a lot of the war, so that's many years already, and then um, a period of time afterwards, because it's set in a framing device, isn't it? So it's set before the war, when mm. this man's trying to find out what... Basically, he's trying to find out this man's gay, and then um, you've got the in, the meat, and then you go back. I can't back. remember that. Yeah, and you go back. This is a private detective. Mm. He's actually quite sad when he finds out who he is and mm. that he's got him done for it. But... Hmm. Um, so if we look, we've just spread out our films here and we're trying to think, like, what's the point sometimes with mm. these stories? Like, what You always set out to make a film with a reason, right? So, like, why are we telling this story? Because it is historic, yeah. so anyone can look up these events and just read it and find out, and there's books, and, you know, why make this film now? What's the point? I think, you know, yeah, like we said, we've got quite a lot on black history, so I suppose, you know, especially now, a lot of people might be looking for these things, but... Um, you know, it's just, these are stories, I mean, just hidden figures, it's in the title, it's things that have gotten forgotten by history somewhat, so they're telling these stories, or 12 Years a Slave is a story that you might not necessarily mm. 
want to hear but is good to hear um because i I, it's not a chill watch is it but it's it's very very powerful it's tough and it's very powerful i mean imitation game it does highlight though only really at the end this issue of you know chemical castration and being gay even if you've done what you've done for your country that doesn't matter so um I guess that's kind of part of it. So the yeah, it's accuracies just, aren't maybe as important as the message. It, it's clearly telling a story about something that's that's of interest, and and people are of course of interest. Um, I think there's there's certain subgenres within it. So, for instance, the um, the James Brown uh, puppet Get On Up. I didn't realise it was Chadwick Boseman who played that part. Um, I've not seen that film for quite a long time actually very very good film. it was good yeah um but i think films like that are kind of rag to riches tales aren't yeah, they yeah and there's quite a few of those we talked about some of those on our first mm. episode or our earlier episode which was like the al jolson story yeah, and, so and bohemian Rhapsody yeah and so these are all very much around uh rags to riches and then you've got some kind of social political uh films like Hidden Figures and of course the Twelve Years a Slave, the Black Klansman, these sorts of things. And you've also got some um highly political, kind of proud to be British if you like, so Darkest Hour, um what we haven't haven't brought down is um Dunkirk. Yeah. Um so these are these are stories about I suppose something to rally around if you like as a nation to feel proud about some accomplishments that that you've you feel you're part of as mm-hmm. a nation even though the actual events happened before yeah. you know most people were born who actually watched that film so i think there's lots of different reasons and they're used for lots of different ends i suppose another point to discuss is the fact that all of these at some point will have conversations behind closed doors mm-hmm. Yeah. And and how do you, as a filmmaker, deal with that? Or how, as an audience, should you respond to that? Or all of these things. I mean, it's interesting because whenever we watch films, we put on a, a suspension of disbelief. There's an interesting way that we must do that when we watch biopics because y- you kind of already are primed to have the suspension of disbelief because it's already people you know of. Like, if you choose to buy, like you know get on up but you might already like his music a lot and be interested in his story or you know maybe you're a bit of a royalist and that's why you're watching the crown or you just find it interesting so you've already got the suspension of disbelief because you already know the characters and you're already bought in somewhat um so yeah but then it's these conversations behind closed doors how should you feel about them treat them so on so i guess the conversations behind closed doors you're either um using second hand third hand um testimony of what actually happened or you're you're piecing together what you think must have happened or might have happened in order for um you know the decision that was made later to have happened if that makes sense so you know the queen is going to have a conversation with prince philip about something that she then announces that if that affects the royal family so whether you know or not what was said you might be able to piece that together because you know what she said to the public yeah we kind of know somewhat what their relationships like and what they were as people because there's lots of instances where 
Philip said uh, things. <laughs> Prince Philip is one of those characters who, you, yeah, you probably don't need to um, guess too much about what he thinks because he, no. he is somebody... He's an open book and that is <laughs> so dangerous. <laughs> yeah, for the royals, they must be like, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> Get him away. Yeah, I think that's why he's retired now. Because he's just gotten worse as he's gotten older. Yeah. Um, but, but, yeah. but I, I, I suppose the other thing that I find quite interesting is is you already know something about these characters before you watch the film, because they're generally in the public eye. Mm. There are times when you don't. I mean, 12 Years a Slave was a story I didn't know anything about. No, no, and, and so it was, was really interesting because they found that book, didn't absolutely. they, of the stories. What a fantastic story. Mm. Although, as you said, it's a very, very tough watch. Mm. Fantastically acted. Um, hidden Figures, I knew nothing about the, that I mean, shamefully, because what a fantastic story. Yeah. But So these are stories that we didn't know anything about. Things like Get On Up with uh, the James Brown story. I'd heard what sort of character he he mm. was. Obviously, brilliantly talented, kind of crazy, made everybody call him Mr. Brown, even mm. people he'd known since childhood, yeah. um, sacked people for virtually nothing and was a bit of a... Of a, complete... a bit of a lunatic. <laughs> but still, you know, and actually after I'd watched that, I, I warmed to him more. I've always you loved his music. you found out about his history, didn't you, and why yeah. potentially he exactly. was the yeah. way he was. I've always loved his music, but um, but I kind of liked him a lot more after I'd watched it. Because um, as you say, you get to see the context around who yeah. he was. Um, films like The Iron Lady, The Margaret Thatcher, um, biopic with Meryl Streep, I think that's a hard sell. <laughs> I, I went away feeling that I kind of had a a pretty accurate view of what she was like, but feeling, I suppose, more humanity to her because of her because of the way she lost herself with her dementia and towards the end of her life. Which I don't care who it is; you have to feel some human compassion. If for, you've never seen what that. dementia is like, yeah. it's it is awful. It's, it's very, especially for a character as as hers. I think if you could tell her when she was still with it that that's the way yeah. you'll go, you she'd be mortified as a character. Yeah, so I think you do you do learn something about them, but although the only if it's accurately mm. written and, and um, portrayed in the film, and that's the bit that I suppose I worry about most um, is are we walking around with opinions and feelings yeah. about people that aren't true? So you could argue, does that matter? And I suppose, well, if history matters, then it kind of does matter. Depends on if it's colouring how you behave in the world, mm. I suppose. Like, let's say, for instance, we don't know, I don't know, let's say the Iron Lady portrayal is terribly inaccurate and it's mm. completely just the imaginings of some person. D- d- did watching that film change how you behaved and, and the way you went forth in the world. Well, no, but you can you can say that about any history, then, can't you? Yeah. You know, what's the point in learning anything about history if, unless it directly affects how you behave in the yeah. world? I mean, surely that that's the whole thing about history is that you kind of get an understanding of what happens, so you learn from it. Um, now, of course, even we touched on this earlier. Even the way that history, even if you look at a documentary about a historical character, then the his, historian will have had to make decisions about what they how they interpret what was done and said mm. and so you know they will argue amongst themselves about what sort of character yeah. this person was yeah. um so yeah there's no there's no absolutes i mean in in social science we talk about 
construction, don't we? And um, yeah, history is in many respects socially constructed by the people that then try to make sense of it and understand what mm. what happened and how we then can relate to it. And that's always really difficult because yeah. obviously the further back in time it goes, the, the more difficult it is to relate to the decisions mm. that were being made. You know, I just thought it's a really good example of of seeing something as a as a film, like a creation, and watching a documentary. Like, so I watched I watched Victoria, you know, um, the Channel Four thing, and that's about Queen Victoria. Yeah, and she's very likable in that, yeah. and really nice. At the minute, Albert's alive, so I mean, it might all go to go to tits in the next series because he's just collapsed. So, uh-oh. okay, but um. And then recently I watched a documentary. It's like a three-part documentary. I sound like a right royalist. I'm just always <laughs> watching all the royal stuff. I just find it interesting. Mm. Um, and I watched a, royal, a documentary on her and her children specifically. And she comes off real bad, doesn't she? And I was like, oh. And I felt quite sad. <laughs> I, felt, yeah. I was sad. Um yeah, she does some weird things sometimes, or like people, you know, she's just a person, but generally you like her. And she just says some of those key phrases about motherhood, like, I'm not a brood mare, or, you know, like, I'm I'm not a cow, because she refuses to, like, breastfeed. Mm. She has a wet nurse and so on. Um, but it's all wrapped up in, like, the romance of her and Albert, and it's all, like, mm. lovely and nice, and, you know, she's this strong, powerful boss lady. <laughs> But in the, in the documentary, I'm like, oh, mm. Uh-oh. <laughs> I suppose it, it, this this comes down to, I suppose, um, you know, whoever you are, you interact, and you're young, but I'm 53, so I've interacted with a lot of people in my life. I've done a lot of different work jobs. Mm. I've, um, I've I've interacted with lots of people, and I guess it depends who you ask about me, doesn't it? Yeah, what they're going to yeah, think, yeah. and so. In a way, you know, characters are complex. They are multifaceted. They sometimes they're they're ethically sound. Sometimes they make mistakes. Sometimes they're um, monstrous. Um, sometimes they're heroic. And maybe that's the lesson from this: is to is to be a bit more sophisticated now mm. in our understanding of of people and you know what the way that they behave and why they they behave the way they do maybe that's the story maybe Maybe we can't you know we're trying to have this um almost childish um view of of historical figures when in reality they will have done some wonderful things and some and some pretty horrible things as well Mm -hmm. and um like the rest of us i suppose yeah i mean they're just people exactly yeah. Thinking about accuracy of watching things, it, it reminds me when I was little, my dad, when we were watching um, Bible epics. Oh God, I knew it was coming. I was like, well, <laughs> so you don't really get those anymore. But um, like epics, like, um, like Noah's Ark, David and Bathsheba. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, story, Jesus stories and so on. He would sit and watch it with a Bible on his knee to see how accurate the um, the film was. Oh. Oh, like it wasn't like stuff made by the people. It no. was like just but Yeah, that used to be a thing, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. So he'd sit there with a the Bible on his knee. No, that character didn't exist. They made that one up. I mean, it's quite funny because, I mean, it's already like... <laughs> it's already made Blind up. leading the blind, but you know. But yeah. 
It's quite it's quite funny. Yeah, imagine if we were watching The Crown and I was like, hang on. Yeah. Let me also play the documentary in the other ear and just see. Or, or like getting Wikipedia. out my book. Yeah, yeah. just get Wikipedia in yeah. it. Because sometimes you wiki something because they don't go into everything. And you're like, oh, I wonder. Or you want to know more? Yeah. That's what's actually quite good, I think. I've learned things because I have looked up afterwards. And Netflix has their own like reality versus the show thing. So they kind of embrace uh, yeah. that it is a show. Um, but I never, I didn't really know much about what happened in Aberfan because it's so before I was born. So Aberfan is a it was a disaster in uh, Wales. Wales where a slag heap mm. um, collapsed and just completely obliterated a little Welsh village. Yeah, and the schools yeah. so called the Lost Generation because a lot of children were lost, obviously. Um, yeah, it was just I don't remember it happening myself. I think it was before I was born, yeah. but I remember my dad telling me about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you mentioned it, I, I yeah. I remember, and and apparently it's still really, really impactful on this mm. on the the little town where it happened because everybody knows somebody that should yeah. ha- be alive and have a lineage that doesn't, yes. you know. Mm. So it's still really impactful, even though it was a long time ago. So that was interesting. I suppose that's yeah. good, isn't it? It it gives people um, an interest in history. You just wonder how many do that. So you know, we're laughing at my dad for has, having his Bible, but. Um, as, but he's fact checking but he his kind own of way. is and yeah. that, I mean I must admit I will go on Wikipedia if there's a character in something I think oh I don't remember them yeah I will um, have a quick Google and um, yeah Wikipedia is often the, the thing that comes up but yeah. Um, you know oh yeah they, they did uh, they did do that mm. um, another another um, scene from a film that that is kind of interesting is the film called Rush oh yeah with the uh, Character James Hunt and, and Nicky Lauder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, also Thor, but um, he was playing James Yes, Hunt. yeah. Um, and this kind of... Uh, this competition between James Hunt, Playboy, English, um, Formula Awful. One racing driver. <laughs> well, just very... Um, he was good-looking, he was tall, he was... Party boy. Party boy. And then Nicky Lauder, who was a, a kind of... He was very uh well they played this up. He was very um very specific and very accurate and precise is the word I'm looking for. Um whereas James Hunt was this flamboyant sort of character. But there was a scene in there where Nicky Lauder has just suffered a terrible crash where he essentially got third degree burns over most of his body and his face is uh, burned. And there's a, a question from the reporters directed to him. Some, something along the lines of, you know, how do you think your wife is ever going to want to look at you again, sort of thing. And um, and after this press conference, um, James Hunt, because they'd been big rivals, obviously, up to mm. this point. James James Hunt says to this reporter, come on, I've got, I've got a word for you. I've got something to tell you about. Yeah, yeah. And he just basically punches him in the stomach. Yeah. Which is a wonderful scene, but never happened. Neither did the, neither no. did the press conference question. No, no. Um, but it's to show this kind of like, oh, they're like, they love to hate each other. They're sort of best yeah. of frenemies sort of yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah, they are the frenemies. Yeah. <laughs> so I understand why they did that. And I didn't have too much of a problem with that because it did kind of create, it did in a very shorthand way, explain that relationship. Yeah. It's codes, isn't it? Mm. it it's, um, it's just in film we use codes as a way of shorthand doing something so you understand 
the vibe. So if somewhere they found evidence that they didn't just hate each other, that they actually had some what of a frenemies relationship, yeah. then they're like, okay, how can we show that quickly? Because a film is like 120 minutes. Yeah. Mm. So I suppose that's kind of how you end up with stuff like punches in the tummy and mm. like Diana crying as they take a group picture. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, I don't know if we've um, come to any conclusions. I think we I think, never come to any conclusions. No. Remember. So, what should would... I think about biopics, and and how accurate should they be? I think I come away from this being a bit more hard line than you. Really, I, I feel that that we should do better mm. when it comes to biopics and things like that, because it's it is the way that people will form their their views of of history, and, and if that's important in any way then there has to be some accuracy towards it. True. I also think um, films ultimately are for entertainment and enjoyment, so you wouldn't want every film to become like an epic sort of like drudging out everything and be like, well, this happened because of this, mm. and also I don't remember them. Like, every now and then, like a little man comes out, that's Alexa Mitchell, comes out and says, this is actually um, contrived. <laughs> Yeah. We couldn't find any evidence for this, but we're trying to show you that the themes... What we need is a little, little dot in the corner when there's something that... Like a red, amber, green thing. So. Well, just so, like, this is a theme that came out in the history of being <laughs> true, but this particular moment didn't actually happen. Yeah. Um, thank you. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Give so, a bat when he leaves. <laughs> yeah, so um, that's it, I think. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Um, please share oh no you know what you should do this is apparently the best one do a review mm-hmm. because then it gets recommended to people in their podcast stuff right review so listen to it on up. Spotify or Apple or whatever your podcast thingamabob is yes and put a review that we're way. a two party system um, <laughs> yeah. but there are other there are independents yeah. <laughs> I've tried to get it on all of those platforms Mm-hmm. Uh, but I know you can get it on Spotify and Apple. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. And uh, look forward to seeing next you next one. time. So, yeah. Review, share, like, tell your friends. Go on. <laughs> Off you go. Bye. Bye. What Should I Think About is an Evil Sheep production. Bye.